Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus Nolan. I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musty here because we've been working too hard. If this is your first time listening to us, we are the Musty Collective and we motivate ourselves to become better storytellers. Today is Hamilton Day. <laughs> That's every, right, y'all. Every day is Hamilton Day. No, not, no, not every day is Hamilton Day, unless you want to count enslavement, revolution, and poverty, and extortion, and idolatry, and adultery. Yeah, no, not every day is Hamilton Day. Anyways, Thanks we're going to get into the show. Thanks for bringing the mood down. I know, I'm bringing it. Hey, I'm being real. I'm being real. I'm being real. That's how I am. That's how I feel. That's how I do. That's I'm how fine, I do. That's how I be. So anyways, let's start the show. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So like we told you last week after you listened to the fabulous, amazing AB Family episode, we told you that we would talk about Hamilton. So I hope, I hope that y'all watched it because if you didn't, I'm sorry. We're not going to hold back on this one. We're going to tell our entire feelings. We're going to spoil everything. You can read a history book or a Wikipedia article if you want to get into it. But the point is, is that you need to go watch it if you're going to listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a really good i'd say great play that was kind of filmed kind of film kind of film right i mean the, the thing is is that right like america you know people all over the world that have disney plus you know fourth of july is my favorite holiday of the entire year mm-hmm. unfortunately it's coronavirus time <laughs> <laughs> and so there's no way for me to to get out there and celebrate the holiday. Every I, time is coronavirus. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Mercy. But no, the, the thing for me is, I, I you know, Michelle knows this, like, in the past couple of 4th of July, I'll have us read the, the Constitution, the, the, the Declaration yeah. of Independence. Um, I had, like, it was like Michelle and I, my mom and dad, and my mom, like, left after. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this is too long. Yeah, it's too long. <laughs> but I just, I really get into it. Um, that's how I get into it. I know there's so many ways to celebrate it. But that's how I get into it. So, mm-hmm. and you're the only person I know who whose favorite holiday is Fourth of July. Like I, I, it's like a fun time, but I've never heard someone say July Fourth is my favorite. Yeah, it's it's July Fourth and Thanksgiving. It, they kind of battle each other out, but <laughs> because yeah. of the food for Thanksgiving. Well, you get, but here's the thing. Uh, traditionally, you get lots of food too, and it's summertime. So traditionally, summer has always been my favorite time of year. Barbecue. Be, because school is out. So mm, it's, it's usually the time you take family vacations. School is out. Sun is out. It's a beautiful time. Mm-hmm. People get out to the park, get the fireworks. You know, it, it's great. It's a great communal time in America, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So this year, we spent the 4th of July watching Hamilton three times, back to back to back, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, watch parties. So it was like... It was Hamilton all over the place. It was a whole lot of Hamilton. It was a whole lot of Hamilton. All right. So before we get into the the movie, Michelle, you wanna you wanna give us a little breakdown of a little history of who the the real guy the real guy was? Well, it's more of Alexander I guess just, Hamilton. 
or you can sing the song. <laughs> um, it's just like a little sort of foundational biography on who he was. Um, so he was actually born in the Caribbean. That's on right. On the island of Nevis mm-hmm. in the British West Indies. Um, he was an illegitimate child. Illegitimate. His, or the his, B word that was used the B word. so <laughs> much in that yes, play. Yes, he was the B word. And um, his father abandoned the family. His mother died when he was 13. And so he didn't have any father figure. Or but he's a founding father. Which is <laughs> Interesting, some, yeah. Which is the opening rap of, this, of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having no father but a founding father. I mean, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and then so he was an apprentice in St. Croix where he wrote his way to North America mm-hmm. and he was given an education because of his ability to write very eloquently and his self-starter mentality. That's true. And if you think about Nevis, you, know, you can Google map the island, but essentially you go to Florida, Miami, go south to Cuba, go east and go past the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico <laughs> and go a little south. And then there's a whole bunch of islands. Yeah. So Dominica, Martinique, St. Lucia, and then you have U.S. Virgin Islands and you got Nevis. So it's a very small island. So I'm guessing like it's just a whole like a whole community down there during that time period. But it's it just it's just amazing getting into the movie now. I just, what I really, really liked about this film um, or play or whatever you want to call it, the story was the perspective of Hamilton at the very beginning. He was this like wide-eyed kid who wants to like make his name known, wants to establish a legacy for himself. And yeah, it was just really cool to see that beginning part of the story. And if you get into more of the biography of Hamilton, you really start to understand why he was so pent up into doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he struggled from a very early age. And so he wasn't going to let anything stop him from what he believed, what he felt, and obviously ultimately ends up in his death. <laughs> so, oh gosh. I mean, maybe if he had just, if he had just toned it back just a little <laughs> bit, maybe Bird wouldn't have shot him. Just a notch. Yeah. One notch. But uh, the main thing that I liked about the opening, the opening, um, couple of songs was a perspective once uh hamilton meets uh lafayette and hercules mulligan aaron burr and uh i think john clemens when he meets those guys uh in the pub and they're singing you know raise a glass of freedom Mm -hmm. but the whole perspective of young people wanting to start a revolution because they believe whatever they believe so many things that they believe but they believe that they can do things better than the established power at hand Mm -hmm. um really made me think of perspective of our nation that I think a lot of people forget today, like right now, people are forgetting about. Yeah. Right? Like the whole idea of the Black Lives Matter movement, the idea of any police brutality, uh, the, identi- the, uh, the idea of protesting, and in some cases rioting, people forget this is how our nation was established. Mm-hmm. The Boston Tea Party was technically a riot. That was destruction of pro- private property. Yep. That was for a cause that they believed in. That's how we started our nation. And again, I'm not saying it's good to riot. I'm not saying it's good to loot. But we have to remember our history as a nation. Yeah, I think people just get so far removed from things that they don't remember it. And then 
it feels very jarring and yeah. I guess abrupt to them when it does happen. But it's like, well, I mean, history repeats itself all the time. Yep. And, and if so, we if we forget it, we're doomed to repeat it. So please <laughs> show some empathy to the people out there protesting. Mm-hmm. Sympathize with them like you would with the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Right now, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, I didn't like all the songs. Michelle, did you <gasps> like all the songs? You didn't like all the songs. I liked most of the songs. But, I would did, say... but you didn't like all of them. There were some I liked more than others. Okay, I'm just going to say I didn't like all of them. So I'm not going to mention all the songs. If you don't like that, you can send us a message and let us know. Because, I'm, you know, I'm not sorry. I didn't like everything in this movie or this play. Uh, but I want to talk more about the positives of this movie. So the first kind of moment where I actually was starting to enjoy it, like my first watch was raise a glass of freedom. I I'd heard the whole Alexander Hamilton before because of my my loving and annoying friends and family who had already seen the musical <laughs> and had told me all about this film or the uh, this musical this play. So I had heard that part. So I wasn't very impressed. But when it got to raise a glass of freedom, um, when it got to the idea of like you know I think later on, uh, right before raise a glass of freedom, it was the song. Uh, I may not live to see your, I may not live to see our glory. Like that tune, that theme, that's mm-hmm. when it really started to hit me. Like, okay, this is getting at my purse strings. I'm ready to start emotionally investing in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about for you? When did it start to become like when you were watching it? When, when did you start to really sink in and really enjoy the, the, the story? Um, well, okay, for me, it was like, when I first saw it, it was like an awkward start because I couldn't actually hear the beginning of it, so I was True. trying I to like that. fix that, um, but I think when I first started really enjoying it was the You'll Be Back song. <laughs> yeah, which is that, yeah. soon after this, so, yeah, so you had the a, same kind of experience, right? Yeah, it took it you a while a, to settle in. It was around the same time, but yeah. that was like, I think, because for me personally, when I can laugh at something, I think it breaks down a lot of my emotional barriers. Mm. So that that song made me laugh. And so I was like, yeah, I kind of like this. Yeah. So I think that's when I started getting into it. But I do like listening back to the original, the first songs that I missed the first time I saw it. I really liked those. Yeah. And uh, when we have you have You'll Be Back. Um, you'll be back soon. You'll see. You'll remember you belong to me. Like, that was, that character choice. Uh, the character choices of a lot of classic historical characters, like King George uh, being played by Jonathan Groff. Just amazing the way that he stepped into that role. And, mm-hmm. you know, Lin-Manuel, whoever directed the play, you know, you know, said, hey, this is how you should do this character. Lin-Manuel writing the character <laughs> like that. Um, just amazing job. Obviously, later on, we'll talk about Thomas Jefferson. Amazing take on Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Very non-standard of what we would think would be uh, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. I just liked how <laughs> like, how evil yet happy the song was. Yeah. Because he had like this smile on his face the whole time. But then there's like these small little glimpses of like, I'm going to murder your family and kill yeah. all your friends kind of da, a thing. Da, but... da, da. And then, you know, always at the end, it's like, um, 
well, when push comes to shove, I will kill your friends and family. And then everyone starts laughing <laughs> to remind you of my love. Like, oh, come on, bro. <laughs> so evil. It's like a bad boyfriend. Yeah. All right. So anyone out there, ladies, you got that bad boyfriend like King George. <laughs> Laugh and run. <laughs> Have your own personal revolution. Exactly. And get away. Boston Tea Party. Throw them overboard. Um, I was just thinking about the Boston Tea Party. Yeah. Those fish must have been experiencing some delicious seawater. Maybe. Like, ooh, peppermint. <laughs> wow. Maybe <laughs> like down there with like, hmm, I don't know, honey. It kind of tastes a little funny down here, don't you think? <laughs> no, that's just the poop, darling. No, no, there's something beyond the poop, I t- I'm telling a, you. A hint of chamomile? Yeah, a hint of chamomile in my poop. <laughs> Because, you know, with fish, that's the most disgusting thing about having pet fish. <laughs> if you're a kid, you don't know, like, oh, like, fish just do their thing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh, they poop. And these long strings of poop start <laughs> filling up the little fish bowl. You're like, what the freak's going on, bro? Like, what are you I doing? I thought you were just a fish. Yeah. I thought, are you are you birthing something? <laughs> Imagine if you're the kid that's, like, wants to taste everything. You're like, oh, string cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, back to Hamilton. <laughs> Um. So, Angelica. Yeah, that was that about. Well, before we get to Angelica, I want to definitely talk about the idea of, you know, Aaron Burr, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. has all these wonderful intros into new sections of the story. Yeah. And like, ba 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 ba. I mean, it's dope. I just I love everything that he does. I almost don't want to hate Aaron Burr because Leslie Odom's performance is amazing. Mm-hmm. But you hate Burr. But, <laughs> and you gotta hate the antagonist. But um, right before, like, I guess right after Right Hand Man, uh, you have the whole, like, line that he's doing. And it seems very serious. And then it's like, but we have relatable with the ladies. I was like, that completely threw me off. <laughs> that was like a shocker moment. Like, I didn't know where this was going. And the ladies show up. And then, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the romance starts to, starts to brew. I did not... I mean, I had no, I had no clue what this thing was about, really. And it was like, okay, Alexander Hamilton, but I didn't know there was gonna be like a love story in there. Yeah. So that was, it was interesting. So it had little like something for people that like romance, and then something for people that liked all the war and like. Here's the thing, right? You know, people again. You know, you hear people say, "Oh, it was better when I was younger." You know, we had real morals and convictions (sighs) back then, and then you. (laughs) You're the founding fathers. Man, you got some dirty, dirty up in mm-hmm. here, yo. I mean, slavers on top of adulterous backstabbers. Yep. I mean, come on, people. And nobody would have known if he hadn't Told on written himself. about it. No, I see, that's the one thing I will praise Hamilton on. I love his sense of honesty. Mm-hmm. I love his idea of saying, you know what? I'm just going to tell him myself. I really appreciate that. Because it's better for him to say it than someone else to Finding say out. it yep. in a distorted way. Like exactly. of what didn't happen. Right. No, I, I completely respect Hamilton for that that character trait of his. But yeah, so you get to, you know, Angelica and, you know, Eliza. also. Eli- Eliza and Paggy. But fa- uh, falling in love with <laughs> Hamilton. Um, you know, I don't know if it was truly falling in love, but she was definitely fantasizing and like. Yeah, that definitely that line where it's like when I close my eyes, I fantasize and see Alexander's eyes. It's like Mm. whoa, whoa. It was 
that was a deep infatuation, I think. Deep. 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 But then when they did the rewind factor on that, uh-huh. that was very, very cool. The, the stage setting for the entire play of Hamilton was, or musical, was top-notch, high-quality Broadway with the circling, the different circles that they had. Just amazing. So when they did the rewind at their wedding, man, that was so good. And the actors, the ensemble cast, the dancers, the way they are able to move their bodies in such a rigid way and be able to hold a position for a few seconds to give us the, you know, the allure of going back in time. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And the lighting. This, if you haven't seen the musical, I mean, if you don't like the, the crassness of the words, they Take out they take all the f words, but if you don't like the crassness words, you know it is a little wordy. Not completely bad, but it is a little wordy. But if you just want to see what Broadway can do today, that's what you got to see. It is amazing, yeah. so good. Um, I, I think like people sometimes, because you're you're really just focusing on the main characters mostly, yeah. but you don't realize that you need the ensemble, you need the lights. Yeah. To you need actually the music, the create, yeah, the musician, the orchestra, the live band, you need all of that to actually feel the emotion of what's happening. Yes. The yes, way ma'am. that you do and the way that they set it up. Because if it was just Lin Manuel Miranda, <laughs> I wouldn't go see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it, it would. It wouldn't. I'm not saying it would be bad, but it, no, would, it be, would be. It would be a completely different feeling and a different show yeah. if it was. It would be like a. Those monologue shows where they just it, like... It would be like, oh, he's doing a talent show. Good for him. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, but the whole thing with Angelica and Hamilton and, and Eliza, that, you know, a little a, a triangle, a love triangle, essentially. Mm-hmm. That was a, a great way. You know, Lin-Manuel's writing in this perspective. He wrote something beautiful. He really did. He took the, the book um, that was written about Hamilton and then create a wonderful play, wrote some great dialogue, had some bars on the rapping, and really turned out something really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what he did with Angelica's character and really including, and then Eliza, I really felt like it wasn't heavily male-dominated in this film completely yeah. like it could be, like most history is, uh, when you go back a couple hundred years. Yeah, and I think it was cool that they added in the fact that Angelica would have been with him, but because her family didn't have any sons, she was forced to marry somebody that was rich. Yes. So it, it was like just because of the way the dumb, I don't know, economic system was set up, it was like, well, you need to marry someone richer than you. Um, you can't just marry somebody out of love. Yeah. Um, but her younger sister could. So that's why Eliza was able to be with Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just like kind of we talked about in Little Women. You know, again, the, the idea here is that women, because of the system set up, system of oppression, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, they had to be forced to, to do things that they didn't want to so they could survive. Yeah. And then hopefully they can survive a little bit, get a little bit of money, and then do, do things on their own, like, you know, like Eliza did at the end. You know, she lived another 50 years after Hamilton's death mm-hmm. and did amazing things afterwards. Um, but yeah, I just can't speak enough about about Angelica and Eliza, great characters, and I really enjoyed them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really on, I, I'm on Eliza's side pretty much most of the movie, you know what I'm saying? 
you know, now we get into the Revolutionary War, and you know, you introduce George Washington, who was brilliantly played by Christopher Jackson. Uh, he was dope. He was legit. He was everything that personally, as a as a black man, I would be like, man, that's my general right there. You know, it, again, <laughs> well, when you saw it, you were like getting all hyped. I was so when he hyped. Came out. <laughs> I was so hyped. And look, it, you can definitely have the same thing. Like if, if it was a Chris Hemsworth playing that role, I definitely would have been hyped, too, because that's a man right there. But, <laughs> you know, he's Australian, but you know what I'm saying. But what um, does that have to do? He's a there's 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 some thing there's some gravitas there's some gravitas you have oh, to look like a man and a you have to thing. fight like a man the okay. point the point I'm trying to make is is that George Washington is it was he was good and you have a man crush on Chris Hemsworth no 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 okay that's that's a whole different separate subject let's get back to Hamilton let's get back <laughs> to Hamilton um, that boy looked good <laughs> but, but uh, what I what I liked was you know you have. You have these moments where Burr, um, again, at the end of the wedding, for uh, and the guys just hanging out. I love the camaraderie in the first half of this movie yeah. between the guys. Um, even Aaron Burr. And Burr and, and Hamilton are going back and forth about, you know, hey, you know, Hamilton's always pushing Burr on. You got to stand up. You got to stand for something. Burr's like, I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to wait for it. Mm-hmm. Which was a great song. Great set piece. But, um, and again, it's not something that you have to agree with the content of what he's saying. Of what these songs are saying but man the music and what they're doing but when they have the part of you know see you on the other side of the war see you on the other side of the war uh this idea man of understanding the war love trying to build up your own self right because you have to remember aaron burr was also orphanless he had some money to himself but he was he was left to be an orphan because his parents had both died so he's trying to establish himself so in they, this new yeah, world. they both had similar backgrounds. Yeah, and then Hamilton is an orphan, and he's trying to establish himself, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's very interesting that you know they say see you on the other side of the war. You may not actually see the other person on the other side of the war. It's just very solemn, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I am glad that with the pacing of this story, they had plenty of moments where the audience, myself, could feel um, a sense of happiness and joy. And the King George moments, because it's very solemn if you start to think about yeah. it. Drama of the 1700s, man. Ugh. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's it's depressing. Yeah. Yeah, so then we, we get into Leslie Odom's, you know, uh, song by himself, Wait For It. Um, again, the love and death do not discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It just, you know, takes and it takes and it takes. I mean, again... I'm not saying I agree with the content of the words, but it is somewhat truthful in the sense of of what it is. Love and death, they don't discriminate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it hurts, it takes, and love is the most powerful force in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this that song, you really felt the emotions from from the performance. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think it's uh, it's it's crazy because it's it's something you can't control. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, and he burst sings that like yeah, he's like, trying to he's trying to control something in his life. Yeah, like you can't control love. I mean, in certain ways, yeah. it's arguable, but you can't control death. Like it's just inevitable. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like the biggest things that alter our lives is like love and death. 
pretty much. So Mm -hmm. it makes you do things and it makes you not do things and like how you live your life. So I think it's, it's really interesting that those were like really strong themes. Well, also, you know, bringing in the whole context of the Revolutionary War, the American Revolutionary War, you have death, love and taxes, you know, for my Reliant K fans, you know what I'm talking about. And so, you know, people really struggle against these forces that are put against them. Again, that's why I loved what George Washington says in a, in a song later on about, you know, teach them how to say goodbye in the idea that you can't control who lives, who dies, who tells your story, which is a big theme that hits me right in the soul whenever, you know, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. It's just so powerful. You can't, like, young people listen to me right now. Old people listen to me right now. You can't control this life. Yeah. So you need to live as if tomorrow is not given to you. It's, ah, oh, so good, so good. Yeah, for me, I think that's that's something that hit me hard, too, because in my life, I want to make sure that I live in a way that when other people look back on my life, that they can see that I lived in a way that is a good example for them or a role model for other people. So I think that that really hit me hard too. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And again, uh, Burr has these moments, um, you know, wait for it. And then obviously uh, later on who who's in the room um, where it's really pitting the ideals of Burr versus Hamilton and uh, just to bring some levity to this, uh, if any of you you know are my age and remember Pokemon when it came out, Gary and Ash were huge rivals in the Pokemon world. And to me, it's just it's just crazy to look at this story. Um, it it literally would be as if like Gary killed Ash in Pokemon. <laughs> like that's that's how I see it oh my played out. You know, um, obviously Sasuke and Naruto for my anime people out there. Um, but it's just, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like this rivalry type story. And we are just so many rivalry type stories, um, heat for you, you know, eighties fans, but you know, it, it, it's just interesting people who are actually very similar in a lot of ways, except for one distinction. Mm-hmm. And it's from that distinction that they're, they're pitted against each other. You yeah. know, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's like, it's like me and LeBron, you know? At some point, I will defeat him. <laughs> I will defeat you. Oh, man. But what did you think of? Because you seem to really enjoy David Diggs' performance. Yeah, David Diggs, man, that man can perform. He needs to have a movie deal. He needs to have a Netflix show. He, he hits all three categories. He can dance. He can sing. He can rap. And he can act. I mean, he, he's a four. He's a four. He's a four-dimensional threat. And, and he's good looking. You know, he got a beautiful head of hair and <laughs> it's just it's just amazing. Uh, yeah. So we get to the end of the first act and you're just left with all this, you know, the Yorktown battle and, you know, the idea of like, you know, obviously John Clemens, he gets killed. His uh, but he gets reborn as Philip in the second act. Um, but I really liked I actually really like that character. Anthony Ramos, I believe is his name. That actor was just I he he invoked so much emotion yeah. I cared. I was like I was empathetic to him immediately. Um yeah. Rate a glass to freedom. Ah anyways. And I think he had a lot of chemistry with 
um, Lin Manuel Miranda he because did. he, I, believe the I friendship. think he actually worked with him before in another musical called In the Heights. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I didn't know that. that was like they've had like an experience together before. They, so they, they, have they, a relationship. they had a friendship, yeah. A relationship. A friendship. A relationship. Friendship. <laughs> yeah. okay. No, you're right. Um, one of the one of my favorite song uh, out of all the songs is uh, Theodosia, and uh, again, I just love Leslie Odom singing. And then when uh, Lin Manuel sings here in the Disney Plus version of Hamilton, um, man, I both them. But uh, when he's talking about Philip, uh, when I, when you smile, my I'm undone, my son. Look at my son. That little part where he just kind of almost cracks in his voice it just brings me the it could bring me to tears and it's just so moving you think about maybe just because i'm getting old and <laughs> see now but it's just you, you think about you think about your parents and how they have looked at you when they're when if you had good parents and they looked at you in a warm loving way um and then the way you think about your own children or future children or just people you love and 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 the warmth and and the looks of love and enjoyment and kindness that you feel you know, like my wedding day with Michelle, you know, just you think Aww. of those moments and it's like, wow, those are those small moments of life. And Lin-Manuel in that moment, I, I know he's had a lot of critiques about his performance. And I, I agree with most of those critiques, but there are certain moments in the film that Lin-Manuel only can do. Only he can do. And I think he does Old Hamilton so well that in that moment, he touched me. You know, it's just that's the beauty of acting. That's the beauty of entertainment, the mm -hmm. theater, as it would be. Yeah. And I love Theodosia, and I always love that song. But yes, you're saying about the V Diggs when he's introduced in the second act as Thomas Jefferson. Again, another wonderful Aaron Burr intro. Uh, and then you know he's going through you know what did I miss? <laughs> I mean, come on, I, that if that can't make you smile, the man is telling history, but singing and prancing along in Virginia, you know, just prancing along in the fields of wonder. Um, he's a slaver, but you know, it's just, oh <laughs> it's just amazing the performance that the V Diggs gives, man. I mean, he was Lafayette in the first act and he was awesome with his fast French rapping mm -hmm. and then he becomes Thomas Jefferson. It's just such a great take on Thomas Jefferson. Um, he's like this crass, um, very prideful. He knows he's smart kind of guy and he's just like, you know, I'm above it all. I know what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it was so good. It brought so much levity to the second act because the second act has so much sadness and depression mm -hmm. <laughs> that you needed him to lift you out of it. Yeah. Like, just the stuff like, you're never going to be president now. <laughs> you don't think that they're worried about. There's nothing. Oh, so good. It's just, <laughs> oh, man. So good. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what about... The cabinet meeting rap battles. The cabinet meeting rap battles. Those were epic. Those were epic. I mean, if you remember YouTube, epic rap battles of history mm -hmm. came on the scene. I don't know. I wonder if Lin-Manuel was inspired by that, but that was amazing. I would love like another 90 minutes of just rap battles in the cabinet. See, I would watch C-SPAN if they had rap battles. <laughs> that, would, that would be so entertaining to Oh, me. yeah. Um, just dropping flows, dropping it like it's hot. But here's the thing that I will say though is that we can't always go f we can't always long to be entertained. You know, as a society, we do have to at some point and I think to me that's one of the messages from the play. We have to take 
the governing of ourselves very seriously, right? Mm -hmm. If we're a nation, America as a nation, that we the people are the ones who govern, not the people actually in the office, we have to take it seriously. And people are dropping bars. They may not be entertaining flows, but Mm -hmm. they're dropping bars in Congress today and tomorrow and the day after that. We have to take seriously what they're saying because it affects our lives. Yeah. You know, and um, again, this is why I get worked up about politics. This is why I get worked up about the law um, and the Constitution, man. You know, because this, this this stuff didn't just happen overnight. People, mm-hmm. Men, smart men like Alexander Hamilton had to defend it, had to write it up, had to get it passed through Congress so that we can have these things that we care about. I mm-hmm. mean, James Madison, a slaver, but... Um, he helped to write the Bill of Rights. I mean, com- I mean, you know, come on now, guys. We have to take this stuff more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So the thing that was interesting with before we get into, you know, some more depressing stuff, um, with Burr when when they have like, uh, oh Burr, I heard you have a girl on the side, Burr. When they have that, I thought it was a reference to a Skyler sister. Oh, that's what I thought when I first watched the film interesting and that would have been interesting i thought maybe he did get with angelica at some point that would have been like a love square mm. yeah <laughs> that of uh, that i could see why hamilton would be mad and maybe they go to a duel i could see that because i thought that's why because when he's like you should have brought her to the party he's, but like, he's like i can't bring her i thought it was like someone he knew or exactly, like so I was exactly like, for a second when they did the theodosia and i saw eliza in the back mm-hmm. but she was positioned to be more in in back of Hamilton. Yeah. I thought that was a meaning of like she was sleeping with Aaron Burr. Oh. I thought that too. Because Aaron Burr, man, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He'd be shooting fellas. <laughs> he would do it just to spite Hamilton. Yeah. And so, again, one of the beautiful set pieces, uh, again, this, this play has so many beautiful set pieces. And I mentioned earlier, the room where it happens, beautiful lighting, dance sets and the vocals with the ending, like the light shot, just magnificent. Right. Um, but before you get to that, the whole context of, you know, Hamilton has to learn to work with other people. He has to learn to compromise and see where, you know, his ideas, even though he believes them to be true, made but too many heads. And he's not going to get any of his uh, any of his ideas through, which is, you know, politics. And so this meeting happens and Burr wants to be in. And this is to me with the song. This is where Burr gets the motivation that he's willing to maybe even kill um hamilton in my opinion that's how i interpreted that that song because he wants to be in the room where it happens um you know but just ah i i think to me um the room where it happens at the end where you have that orange lighting on the side of aaron burr and it's just beautiful i think personally that's the best stage setting direction in the entire play the entire musical in my opinion it's like when it hits you it's like boom and the and the dancers are just moving so like slow but fluid at the same time beautiful absolutely beautiful and then the performance leslie odom just goes all out he's on his knees he's like you can feel it from him i mean just amazing i love that that shot so good and here's one thing i will say people who are hating on the disney plus experience are saying it's not as good as the in theater experience first of all be quiet you privileged privileged theater folk no <laughs> no but okay here's the thing all right 
Some of us are too poor to afford Broadway theater tickets. Yeah, I all right? can't buy Broadway <laughs> tickets. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. It's, it's fine. If you went to it, hey, I, that's why I like to see theater. I've seen Oklahoma and Phil on the Roof in the theater. It's great. But I will say this is that the shots that they were able to take for the film version of, of Hamilton, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Way better than any seat you can get in the theater. Mm-hmm. Now, you do miss the ambiance and the energy of being there with the energy of the, the cast and the, the audience the there with you. The music, too. The live huh. music. Too. The live music? Yeah. But the shots, I mean, that was the best thing in the house. Mm-hmm. Disney did a great job with how they filmed it. Yeah. And I was just going to say, too, like, um, in writing, like what you were talking about, um, the room where it happens, um, uh, in writing, usually for characters, you have to identify what each character wants. So I think it was very literal, like um, Hamilton literally said to him, what do you want? And then he stated what he wanted. That's true. So that was like really like opening the door for like, okay, now we know what his motivation is. We, now yeah. we know why he does what he does. Um, so I think that was that was really cool from like a writing perspective. Like, oh, he literally asked what he wanted and then he stated what he wanted. And then that's that's what they used for yeah. the rest of the film. No, a- amazing, right? That That's a great, great point, Michelle. When you're writing characters, the audience and you, especially the writer, need to know what is the motivation, what is the goal for that character. Above all else, what does that character want But above anything else in the world? And that's a beautiful point. That's a great point, Michelle. That's why, hey, that's why she's here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I also live here. Uh, yeah, that's, that's also true while you're here. <laughs> How does a musty creative, no shower for days, create a story, a movie, something to entertain the collective, showing us how to change the narrative? It's imperative that we listen and create so we can make sure we leave this world a better place. So then afterwards, we get into a song called One Last Time. One last time. Uh, George Washington, uh, before he sits sits down, he doesn't go for uh, I think he doesn't go for a third or a second term, but I don't think he goes. He he stops, mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful because it highlights the this one of the important things um, that George Washington does is just he he allows the democracy to truly happen. He doesn't become a king. He doesn't become a dictator, and he's so smart. And then he warns about the um, the you know the partisanship, the idea of having political parties that's very important um that's kind of i do kind of blame Alexander Ham- hamilton for that um but the idea that we have to work together as a nation beautiful 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 great job by by uh the actor there and then beautiful writing by lin-manuel to include that song and uh you know obviously the line it outlives me when i'm gone like oh so good that's that's the importance it, coming together as a nation as a society we have to do things that are forward-thinking, future-thinking, instead of here for the now, right? We need to say we want to build things that are going to outlive me when I'm gone. Yeah. Because it's not always about us, you know? And I think in that way, it makes for just a better existence for everybody, even in the present, because it's you're learning how to live a selfless life in that way. Yeah, exactly. And then... Uh, later on, obviously, things don't work out for Hamilton. He cheats on his wife. Tisk tisk. Uh, but okay, I will say though, like the the uh, 
the the relationship between uh, Eliza and Angelica and Hamilton was very weird. Like, it felt like Angelica wanted to sleep with him, too, when she was singing that song, like, let's go upstate. It's like, what? What's going on? Well, she technically did. I mean, I she think... She was fantasizing about yeah, it. Yeah, I think she she was thinking... she Okay, I, okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Th- this is what I think. Oh, go ahead. So, there's this point in the, the musical where Angelica is reprimanding Hamilton for cheating on Eliza. Mm-hmm. And... I think what was going on is that even though Angelica was fantasizing about being with Hamilton, she had the decency to not take that step and do it. But she was writing him letters. This is true. But she, I think in her mind, not actually doing the thing, just keeping it in her head was better than the physical. the doing of the thing. Yeah. Um, so when he actually, like, when she's like, oh, come up and come up, stay with us. It was kind of like, I can sort of add more stock footage to my image library in my head. But like, true, true, But I true, think it was. Um, and I think you had, you had actually a beautiful point that we were talking about before we started recording about the idea that maybe Hamilton was like, I'm not going to go upstate with you because I don't want to be tempted to sleep with you. Yeah, well, that's what it sort of implied in the way he looked at her. And because in that that part of the song, um, Eliza's like, come with us. And they're both holding his hand. They're kind Mm -hmm. of playing tug of war a little Mm -hmm. bit. So, like, she's pulling him one way. uh, Angelica's pulling him the other Mm -hmm. way. And he looks at Eliza with this loving face of like, oh, I wish I could spend more time with you. And then he he looks at Angelica in a different way. Like, oh, I wish I could do something else with you. Mm. And and then at that point, that's when he lets go and he backs away. Yeah. So I think he was thinking, well, I need to, I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, we're we're interpreting... A, a is, dead man from 200 years ago based on a 2020 play. Yes, but, but like you know. he backs away yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. thinking he's thinking that he shouldn't be put himself in that situation because he knows that he's weak in that way. And then he fell. And then he falls anyway <laughs> because he's thinking, oh, this is like a another girl and no one's going to know. Yep. It's just going to be you yep. and me. Someone's going to find out, brother. And her pimp of a husband is like, give me my money. Yeah. Well, it's it's like I said, uh, these people aren't perfect. They weren't pure like we try to make them out to be. Yeah. Um, I definitely learned from this movie that I, I respect and I'm happy for the founding fathers of, uh, of my nation. But uh, I don't revere them the way I, I don't worship them the way I used to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have a more regular view of them, especially now after Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Now. After all this, you know, it comes starts to come out, you know, never gonna be president now. Like, great set piece. Thomas Jefferson's a troll. Mm-hmm. He's a bully and a troll. It's crazy. But the Hurricane uh, piece, before before he decides to write the Reynolds pamphlets, um, beautifully well done. Again, the, the, the set direction and the, the execution by the ensemble cast to really make that scene work, where it really looks like he's in the middle of a hurricane... And mm-hmm. the lighting and everything, beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a callback to the hurricane he was in in the Caribbean. In St. Croix, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, here's the thing. This is my biggest problem with the story of the film. 
And it's not really Lin-Manuel's fault. It's just Hamilton's fault for being, in my opinion, kind of dumb. <laughs> Your son, Philip, goes to have a duel. Now, here's the thing. It's stupid to have a duel because someone says something about your dad. I get it. I've been there. People said something about my dad. I wanted to fight him. But you don't go have a duel with guns. It's stupid. And Hamilton, one, makes a mistake by allowing his son to go do the duel. Mm -hmm. And two, tells him the most stupidest advice I've ever heard in my life in fiction or nonfiction of all time. I'm serious. That's the Mm -hmm. worst advice I've ever heard in my life. Son. Shoot in the sky. If he's an honorable man, he won't shoot you. What in the world is that? That is the worst advice. I'm trying to hold back because I want to yell into this mic. That is the worst (laughs) advice that you could literally give your son in 1780, whatever it is. Guns kill people. You don't have modern day technology, medical technology to save your son. Mm -hmm. Why would you... if you don't want him to shoot anyone, then hold him in a prison cell for 24 hours so he can cool off and tell the other guy, you're not going to kill my son today. That's what you should do. Yeah. No. He says, yeah, take my guns, but shoot in the sky. If you're, <laughs> if you're going to a duel, I'm, you shouldn't go to a duel. I, like I said, you shouldn't loot and you shouldn't riot. But if you're going to do something, don't shoot. Both eyes open. Pocahontas, John Smith. Come on, boy. Shoot the man. Don't shoot in the sky. It would have been safer if they just, like, fisticuffed it and they just, like, beat each other up. That's a pride. That's that's Hamilton pride right there. His son, yeah. Philip, was an idiot. Just an idiot. You talked about my daddy. I'm going to kill you. Well, that was kind of a thing at that time. It's that- kind of a thing now still. It's just called yeah. gang warfare. I mean, but, it's you know, it's a, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but it's, it like, it's like Wild West, high noon stuff. Like, they it, have it's duels. It's all dumb. And, yeah. It's all dumb. It's interesting, though, right, because Aaron Burr in their first, you know, 10 Duel Commandments was like, you know, duels are dumb, right? Uh-huh. And 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 he was the one. Anyway, it's just interesting how it all comes back together. Beautiful writing by Lin-Manuel. Mm-hmm. Again, not, not Lin-Manuel's fault. And it gives you a lot of drama. Great drama. This man's life was full of drama. Yep. But I just, I just think that's a stupid. I just really... That really pissed me off. I really like Philip. He seemed like a smart guy. He seemed cool. His mom was teaching him the little French stuff, like the toi, 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 whatever it's called. And like, bro, like, you go and shoot in the sky. Don't tell me to go shoot in the sky. Mm-hmm. Man, if I was his son, I'd be pissed, bro. I'd be like, Dad, I'm dying. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You stupid man. <laughs> I died to defend your honor, and you told me to shoot in the sky, and I got murdered for it. You an idiot, bro. But he must have felt stupid, too. He's like, why did I want to do no, the no, duel? No. Okay, I want to say this right now. After that moment, and then after we after the the Reynolds pamphlet, I have no love for Alexander Hamilton. I'm on I'm on Eliza's side. Mm-hmm. I'm on Eliza's side. You want to watch him burn? I'm just saying, Eliza, I on her side. I believe I I I, I with, I'm with that girl. Mm-hmm. All right. Now she's not perfect. I'm saying she's perfect, but doggone it, she get her husband cheats on her. Then he writes it about it in the theater uh, mm-hmm. in the papers, and then doggone it gets his. First, the firstborn son killed. Come on now. Yeah. If I was Eliza, I would have choked out Alexander Hamilton out in the middle of the night. Don't make me a woman. I'm mm-hmm. glad God made me a man. Because I'm just saying right now, if I had been a woman back in those days, mm-hmm, <laughs> I'd some murder men in my tent. I'm just saying right now. Yeah. I'm just saying right now. Eliza the- should have murdered that man. <laughs> Straight up. You know, it was sad because it was after the That Would Be Enough song, right? It was after that. Uh, that the, I mean, there's happened. a lot of That Would Be Enough kind of stuff going oh, yeah. on. But like what made it so 
depressing, I think, was that Hamilton, in my opinion, that was more speculation, but <laughs> um, I feel like because Hamilton grew up an orphan, he didn't know what the value of family was, and... Um, he only he only knew it as a way to establish his own personal legacy, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, so it was very self-centered, but it... Um, for Eliza, it was like that her whole life was him and she wanted to experience life with him. Yeah. He wanted to experience life um, doing rap battles. <laughs> and so it just didn't And shooting death. in the sky. And shooting in the sky. I'm like an idiot. And um, so, yeah, it's like I feel like he sort of didn't really understand what family should have been yeah. because he never had... He never had one, so he didn't really know how to have a family, and he didn't really take advantage of the people that did love him. He was just trying to gain the respect of people that didn't like him. So, but I think it's just one of those classic. It's one of those classic character flaws of of, of humankind, and I, I mean, I I can even somewhat fall into it. So I I actually empathize with him. I just you know not shooting in the sky part. But the thing is, for me, is I'm just gonna keep harping on that. I'm just saying right now, if I can be Alexander Hamilton right now, I'm like you're an idiot. You might have wrote some things. You are an uh. idiot. Anyways, um, my thing is, is that it's it's like that old proverb of like, don't overwork to be rich. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's overworking. Why? Because he's desperate. He's desperate to establish himself amongst his peers and to be wealthy and to be well off and to not experience the poverty and desperation he felt as an orphan child in that island. Mm-hmm. And I totally I can totally respect that. You know, at some point, you do have to realize that the life that you have built, at some point, you have to learn to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and it's Be like, content you know, with where you're at. Exactly. Like you're writing like you're running out of time. And it's like that was his thing. He he never sat down based on the play, based on the musical. He never sat down and smelled the roses, mm-hmm. you know, and he never really, in my opinion, got to enjoy the fruits of his labor because yeah. he was constantly working. And that's that's a blessing and a curse at the same time. But at the same time, we all benefited by the work he did in a way. So yeah. what is the balance between doing what, you, what you're meant to do career-wise versus fulfilling your emotional needs with family? Mm. I, but I do think because of this pandemic, maybe a lot of us are learning that right now. I think so. Because I think, I mean, I know I have a problem with overworking sometimes. Yeah. And I... It's weird. It's like I have extremes. Like if I get lazy, I'm super lazy. But if I'm like getting in this mode of like I need to keep working and being productive, then mm. I sort of forget to do to just like stop and smell the roses. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I that's think- like a bigger conversation of what of the negatives that a a money focused uh, society can and very individualist, individualistic focus and how we compare ourselves to each other society can affect the mind of people mm-hmm. where you never think enough is enough. Yeah. And I, and you're always taught that you don't have enough yeah. and that you need more. Yep. And you need to keep working and you need to get the better job and more money and work longer hours. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know, you have to, I, it's, you sort of have to really understand what you do want. Yeah. And like, do you want to be this person that's like all about career or do you, do do you want the balance of like family because if you do want the balance then you need to sacrifice some things you can't have everything you need to pick and choose what you want so yeah 
Exactly, exactly. So, and that that gets into some of the, the one of the bigger themes that to me I also take away from it, uh, the forgiveness theme. Mm-hmm. And I love what you wrote here, so I'll let you say it. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, um, Eliza's loyalty. It was I was kind of thinking about that. Like, what's the difference between her and Aaron Burr? Mm-hmm. And I realized that they were complete opposites of each other to Hamilton because yeah. Hamilton screwed over both of them in mm. different ways. Yep. But he hurt them really deeply because of the actions that he chose to take. Right. Um, but one of them chose to forgive him and love him and the other one chose to kill him. Yeah. And I, 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 just, and I yeah. just want to pause here. You know, again, we at some certain, certain points in our country, we, we love to... Um, praise the people who say what they feel at the moment they feel they don't care about people's feelings. But I do think in this case with it's okay to give the the recommendation to Thomas Jefferson. I, I don't I mean that's not that's your job, your delegate. But if Hamilton's gonna continue saying, you know, attacking through the paper, through the written word, Burr's character of like he doesn't stand for anything, blah, blah, blah. It's like, now I'm not saying it's right that Burr shot him, but at the same time it's like, bro, you have to take a moment to step back and say, Okay, is this really that important? Yeah, he he lost the election. People know he doesn't stand for anything. Let it go. Yeah. There's only so much you can do to continue to attack a man's character and then act like he's not going to do anything. You know, I can start rapping myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's only so much you can do. Like at some point, yo, you're beating up on him. He's already lost you so many times. Let it go. He's telling you to cease and desist. He's writing to you now and saying you're hurting my feelings. He doesn't say that, and I know men. You're like, oh, you, you hurt my feelings? Are you, are you a wussy? You know, but at some point, a man's pride gets hurt. Let it go. There's no reason to continue to berate and go after him and say, I'm not going to step down because it's what I believe in. I'm going to say what I feel. Just think it and talk to it in private. You don't always need to say how you feel. We don't always need to know. And it wasn't one of those life-saving things like, oh, if he didn't say this, then the country was doomed. Yeah, that's And true. you have to judge that. You have to be understanding and empathetic to people mm-hmm. yeah and i think um just the the effects of the choices that they made mm-hmm. it's like it sort of it goes into that whole thing of like who tells your story right what right. story are you wanting people to tell of your life yeah um both people had the choice to forgive hamilton only one of them did and that person is seen as like a heroine. She mm-hmm. created all these orphanages. It, it sort of set her up to success later on because she chose to take the right path and forgive him. Um, but because of the way that Aaron Burr decided to make his choices, um, he ended up being somebody that everybody sees as the villain now because he chose not to forgive and he chose to take out his anger on the person he was upset with. And it was supposed to be a friend of his. And honestly, mm-hmm. he's a villain in my book. Even though I, I there's, a, there's a lot of things I don't respect about Hamilton's decisions, uh-huh. he's the hero. And Burr, he's a villain. Hmm. You, and that was the thing right there, right? Burr's final thoughts of the world was wide enough. I should have realized that the world was wide enough for both Hamilton and me. That's the thing out there. When we attack each other on either side, we talking BLM or we're talking or we're attacking the religious right, whatever we're doing, the alt right, whatever we're doing, and I, we get it. We disagree on some some key things, but we have to start realizing that the world is wide enough for all of us instead of thinking that the world's only big enough for just our ideas and just our principles. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how we get to these moments where people are dead. That's yeah. not good. 
We have to find the ways that we can unite us. These are they're, these are fundamentally different kinds of people, and they still are able to build a nation together. That's beautiful. We have to continue to do that. We have to continue to see that that as flawed as the founding fathers and founding mothers of our nation were, they were still able to unite to build a nation and to unite under a certain set of ideals and to not rip each other apart. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're British. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Down with the Redcoats. <laughs> wow. I get that pride, man. I get that pride. But <sighs> but um, in the end, who was the real protagonist? Writing-wise, it feels like Hamilton was, according to the usual structure mm-hmm. of writing things in general. But emotionally, <laughs> to my heart, I think um, Eliza. Mm. But those are two different things. Yeah. I mean, I disagree. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I understand where you're coming from an emotional standpoint. They kind of try to give Eliza this wonderful thing yeah. at the end. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. Tear me up. But uh, Hamilton's the protagonist, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But, you know, Hamilton's writing was always a way to help him through the most difficult moments in life. Mm-hmm. I love that you put this in here because he, it was a tool to create opportunity for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even when he was, when he was, what, like 15, he took on the apprenticeship um, in St. Croix after his mom died and he wrote his way to North America because people were like, wow, this guy has talent. Mm-hmm. And so they sent him off to get an education. He created opportunity for himself there. Mm-hmm. And then he just kept like writing and writing and writing and it kept like boosting him up higher and higher. Well, and the beautiful thing about why we can celebrate his life today is because he wrote so much of his life. Yeah. Even the dark parts of his life he wrote about. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, again, on the Musty Create podcast, we're motivated to tell our stories. Mm-hmm. And who's going to tell your story? You know, and it's the whole idea that the story that you should be telling the most is your own life story. Mm-hmm. That's the one that is the most important, your own life story and the life story of your society, your country, your collective, your community as well. Yeah, you know, and we I have think- to also, we also remember it's not just I, it's us, and and that's just a beautiful thing. So, becoming a good storyteller or a great storyteller is so beneficial. Even if you're going to become a very technical person like a doctor, um, you have to know how to tell a story. Yeah, storytelling isn't everything. It's powerful. And I I also wanted to just um, compare. Lynn manuel Miranda's life to Hamilton. Not that he cheated on his wife or anything like that. Okay. I see where but, you're going yeah. here. I see where you're going here. Yeah, but I mean... He has not written me any letters. I just wanted to know right now. <laughs> just putting it out there. But, like, they sort of have similarities. I think that might be why he was so passionate about writing Hamilton is because he saw himself in Hamilton in a way. Yeah, being, um, being from Puerto Rico. Yeah, and then he wrote... He wrote Hamilton on his own for years. He was writing Hamilton. That's awesome. And he wrote himself as the lead. So it's kind of like he he did what Hamilton did. He created an opportunity. That's true. For Good himself. Point. And now Hamilton's like one of the biggest Broadway shows ever in of all time. So it's it's interesting. Like he wrote himself into history just yeah. like Hamilton did. Yeah. That's a great parallel. I'm glad you, you picked it out. I didn't even think about that. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there, you want 
an opportunity, go out and write it. Yeah. Go make it for yourself. How does a musty collective jump up to the top of Apple stock? Drop every competitor like them not even worth the listenership. Is this a blip? Do you even have a purpose to live? I do. It's to benefit you and the world. Musty collective, we grow piece by piece. Now we've shown something decent. They kicked us off location. Now we got our own station. So, uh, just to close this up, obviously there's more things to this podcast so you'll start to realize that who they are, what they are, blah, 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 blah. But two last major things. Apparently, Disney might turn this into a live action movie adaptation, like a Patriots, but maybe a musical Patriots. Oh, dang. I love Patriots. And a musical with this music, the rapping, ooh, would be amazing. Do you want to see that? Hmm. No, let's say coronavirus is over and now... This is coming into the theaters. Would you go pay 10, 12, 15 bucks to go see this once again in the theater? But it's obviously a live action movie adaptation. But you already know the story. I would see it out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Having not seen trailers or anything for it. Because that would obviously help me to decide either way. Yeah. Um, I think I would definitely be curious to see how they adapted it. I think it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, I would definitely want to go see it. I, I like I like historical narrative a lot. I think it's the basis for some, you know, some of the best films we have out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like Gladiator and just so many other great films. And so I would love, love, love to see this. There's so many great stories in history. Mm-hmm. Now, um, hopefully this is how we're going to cue. We're going to cue sound effects right here. It's time for a new segment titled... Is it better than cats? All right, cool. So new segment here that, you know, we don't usually do movie reviews, but after we watched Cats, 2019 Cats, of course, and I like watching the movie. I'm not saying that I hate the movie, but I think it's a good barometer for modern movie making. (laughs) Is it better than Cats? And so, you know, the argument is now, like, you know, Cats is another musical, but it was a live action adaptation, blah, 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 blah. But anyways... It's a musical, and I think it's fitting that we start this segment off with another musical. Hamilton, Michelle, in your, in your belief, your heart, is Hamilton, what you saw on Disney+, Plus, better than Cats? Yes. <laughs> that was quick. Okay, that was quick. Hold on a second. We're talking about Cats 2019. Yes. Okay, well, we're talking about Judy Dench as Deuteronomy. Okay. Yes. All right. You're you're missing out. You're you're missing out. We we have a lot of great talent. Uh, Taylor Swift, Tay Tay makes an appearance and yes, sings the song. Yes, it is. Okay. Um. Okay. All right. So better than cats. I I actually agree. Yeah. Um. Hamilton's better than cats. I mean, I like. The I story like, is way better than cats. <laughs> I, I like I like some songs in cats. Yeah, of course. But Jen. Oh. Oh. Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, I will say this. <laughs> I will say the Angelica girl, she could definitely match, but they didn't have a song that carried me away like Jennifer Hudson's song in in, 20, in the twenty nineteen Cats. I will say that. Hmm. I will say that because I think well. Which song? Which song? I would disagree. I think the I last... love Theodosia, but it's not a it's not Jennifer Lawrence or I Jennifer think, Hudson. 
I for me the song that made me want to just weep bitterly alone in the room mm. like I think it was the the last song like who lives who dies who tells your story true because that song really hit me hard true, 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 and true. that's like what I want for my life like I want people to see my life as something worth telling and I want to leave a good legacy behind so I think mm-hmm. that's why that's that song made me more emotional than the cat song because it just means so much yeah i i i I agree i agree i agree i will only add is just that the performance of jennifer lawrence because that was more like a group thing Uh i think the performance from jennifer i keep saying jennifer lawrence but jennifer hudson (laughs) was just so profound Uh uh-huh just the 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 ugly crying she was doing the singing Uh uh-huh even though the song was cats and it was like wasn't quite making sense but i mean the beauty of of the of just the happiness and you know uh, we can get in if you you know listen to our cats review um but i still think jennifer jennifer hudson i think that performance i don't think anything in hamilton matches that performance that's all i'm saying Mm. anyways but we will say that this is cats certified (laughs) i was gonna say better than cats better than cats meow this gets a meow. <laughs> Two meows. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like this segment. I think this is. I yep. just 2019 to me was defined by so many things, right? <laughs> we 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 defeated Thanos and brought peace to the entire universe and destroyed the six stones that make up the universe. That was uh-huh. great. Um, Iron Man died. Yes. There's some bad things that happened, and then Cats was made. <laughs> that's how you see 2019. <laughs> that's, that's how I remember 2018. Okay. Or Cats was released. Um, Cats were released into the. It's theaters. just it, it. Cats has truly affected me from like my my idea of what film is now. <laughs> those little those little cat bodies moving around in their like yoga cat pants you know suits <laughs> with their faces like being you know cut cut and just moving along with them and that old Durami Judy Dench intro I'll never forget that oh, oh Durami lives a long time it was a very special film yeah it oh man so yeah I think because again like I said Cats is a barometer it's not the worst film I think I will always say this I will always say this <laughs> The last, Airbender, the last Airbender in theaters, live action, was the worst film I've ever seen in theaters in my entire life. And I will always say this. So is it like when you're driving, when you're, your gas tank is like... It's not, it's not it's, empty. It's near empty. So you get that little no, notification no, no, no. saying low fuel and that's what Cats is. But then the, no, no, the no, Airbender no, no. is like than that. when your gas tank is completely empty. No, it's a little. It's a little higher than that. But right before you get the notification, it's like it's like you have the one part, like the sections, like there's the you know quarters. there's five sections, yeah, and it's between the first and the second section. That's cats. So not saying it's fifty percent Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not ten percent Rotten Tomatoes either. It's it's when you start thinking I should probably get gas. Yes. Yes. Yes, but not not the empty sign yet. But you're in your head thinking, I don't want to get to the empty sign. Yes. That's cats for me. That's cats for me. On next week's episode, we are going to talk about The Chosen. 
and you're like what's the chosen okay hear us out it's a little religious but it's really well done <laughs> you sound like it's, um, it's craig a- from community <laughs> 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 we did we did finish community recently. Alright. Sorry. <laughs> the point here is is that it tells a story about Jesus, but about his ensemble. En- ensemble. Really, really well. And production quality is very high. I don't think you'll be disappointed. There's eight episodes. It's free to watch on the chosen app, and then you can use Google Chromecast or whatever to cast it to your, your TV. It's really well done, people. Uh, I would definitely watch it on the app. Don't watch it on YouTube. Watch it on the app. Check it out. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Following that, we'll probably talk about some more popular things. I want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> if people care about that. Uh, I'm almost done with watching the first and only season of Tailspin on Disney+. Plus, <laughs> and I have some theories about that show. Oh, yes. And uh, connections to what I think Disney could do with that property. I'll be there for that. And I, I think there's some wonderful things we can talk about there, too. So anyways, if you really like this podcast, please subscribe. And if you're working on any projects, please let us know by <laughs> posting on social media with the hashtag Musty Creative. <laughs> and we will share it and possibly you on the show. And we want to thank our monthly supporters yes, for sir. helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. With your support, we will be able to create better shows, interview more guests, and buy better equipment. Um, So you can support us, if you're interested, at anchor.fm slash musty and click on the support button. Yes, please click. Repeatedly. (laughs) No, just click and put your credit card in. Thank you very much. That's all the time we have for. It's been a long episode, but we really wanted to do Hamilton justice. If you want more Hamilton, actually let us know because... I could actually talk about more. There's so many things, the musical hints that they give about the characters, the musical themes for Angelica or, you know, Alexander Hamilton. Like, all those musical themes actually matter. Also, if you want to hear podcast episodes about the music of films or the music of story, I would love to talk about that as well. So, anyways, remember to leave us a review on iTunes and find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and anchor.fm. musty Also, go to our mustycreative.com website and hit the store button and get some merch. Now, it's time to... Shower up. Give them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.